again, everyone, and welcome inside another edition of the Adam Jones Podcast from the Baltimore Banner. I'm Jerry Coleman, a little bandaged up if you're watching on YouTube, coming off a little surgery. Uh, stay out of the sun, folks, or at least apply sunscreen is my message there. He's the five-time MLB All-Star back in the United States. He's been here for a while. Uh, we see the rolling of the eyes. He can't wait to leave the country or no, he loves America, just like all of us. He is Adam Jones, and we're back after our first week off in 2023. Coming up in episode 38, AJ, we're going to be joined by the Orioles' newest prize prospect. His name is Jordan Westberg. They keep coming up from the minor leagues. Westberg's been in the majors for about a month and already making his mark. Also, we're going to talk about Adam's recent trip. It's been over a week, but we haven't been together since his trip to the all-star game in seattle that includes the celebrity softball all-star game as well where he got mixed reviews we'll also talk about the fast approaching mlb trade deadline will the orioles be active we know the rest of the division probably will be at least the contenders and also we are going to talk about mic'd up players and my disdain for that adam will, lo will love it and we'll discuss the Orioles' upcoming schedule. It's about to get a little bit tougher as we enter the second half of the season, although the second half of the season began before the All-Star break, essentially. But we begin with our featured guest getting a taste of that big league life. He is Jordan Westberg, selected number 30 overall by the Orioles back in 2020 out of Mississippi State. He's representing his alma mater here on the Adam Jones podcast. Jordan, appreciate you taking the time here mid-season. Let's talk about... You know, where you've been, I mean, you've been at second base. You started at shortstop. You played a little third base. Do you just go where they tell you to go? I'm sure the answer is yes. But inside, do you have a preference where you want to play? And I know Gunnar Henderson's playing shortstop right now. Yeah, I, I think you hit the nail on the head there. I, I just go where I'm in the lineup. But um, I think coming up, I, I really wanted to play shortstop. Um, you kind of have that a little bit of pride maybe like oh i was drafted as a shortstop i want to stick there as long as possible but the reality uh hits you pretty quick that this is a talented farm there's a lot of good good young infielders and veterans now here at the big league club and wherever you can fit is where you're gonna have to to get comfortable and i'm okay with that role now jordan pleasure to meet you brother big big fan of yours um i got i got drafted as a shortstop two years into it i got switched to center field is what it is. It, had, it turned into a, a blessing in disguise. When you're moving around every single position, um, how do you maintain the level of concentration? Because it's not easy to play. It's not easy to do this in the big leagues. In the minor leagues, okay, they you can make mistakes down there. In the big leagues, it's, it's a result-based industry. How is it playing, again, you don't know where you're playing. You know you're going to hit, but going into, like, I don't know where I'm going to play today. That's a tough thing mentally. It, it can be, yeah. Um, honestly, I, I think that just bouncing around helps my concentration a little bit because I got to make sure I'm putting in the work and I'm getting my preparation done beforehand. Um, I think that if I were to play the same position every day, um, things could get maybe a little bit tedious and, you know, you're working on the same thing over and over and over again. Um, for me, I think bouncing around helps my, like I said, helps my concentration. It makes me focus that much more, makes me have that drive of, okay, this is something that's difficult. Um, and I don't want to mess up when, when that ball gets hit my way or whenever, if the play's coming my way. So how am I going to prepare in a way that's, uh, 
focused, that's um, intentional before the game so that when the, when the ball does come my way, like I have that utmost confidence that I'm going to make this play. Yeah, I like that. So, so far, what's been your favorite stadium? Because I know you, you've been there a little bit, but your favorite stadium so far? Uh, it's hard to be Camden on like these Friday, Saturday nights. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be honest that, oh, during the national anthem, you know, gives you chills down your spine. Um, uh, I got to play in the Bronx a couple weeks ago, which was, which was cool. Um, best food, uh, best clubhouse food in the game right there. Yo, best, best clubhouse that yeah. I've been to so far. Um, a, a, AC in the dugout, which is like next. Oh, there's streams from the top and right on your neck. Insane. Uh, <laughs> but Minneapolis was a really cool stadium. Just the backdrop. Um, the ballpark is pretty unique with like the, that high right field, like box that juts out. You've got the berms and, and kind of like the center field area, the high green wall. Um, those two, I feel like are going to be pretty hard to beat. I'd like to go to Fenway and, and Wrigley. Like those are like, you know, the peak of baseball history and, and legacy. But I feel pretty spoiled going to uh, Minneapolis and, and New York so far. Did uh, Hicks did Hicks take you to dinner at seven in Minnesota? No, we went to Butcher's Tail as a team, right. which was right. unbelievable. That's, I know that's good. Unbelievable. Yeah, good. I'm glad you guys didn't go to seven. Seven can get you a little bit of trouble. Well, he said as a team. Is the team going out collectively for meals or is it just groups? I mean, that was that was my, you know, it was like my second week in, in the show. Um, and I was talking with Gunner, and he Gunner said that, like, most day games, um, like, if we've got time down at, uh, on the road, like, Fraze or some of the older guys, McCann, Gibby, will set up, like, a team dinner. That's kind of what happened. We, we I think Fraser set up a team dinner at Butcher's Tale. I think he had been there a few times before. It didn't disappoint. A lot of fun. Um, it makes us – it makes me as, like, a rookie feel included, you know, um, I get to spend some time around those guys and, and talk to them in a non-baseball setting, which is always cool. Did you guys do that, Adam? That's refreshing to hear about this oh, yeah. year's version. Yeah, we did that for sure. You have to do that. You have to have that camaraderie. And baseball for a sense has lost that in a way. Um, you guys, I mean, it's easier for you guys now because you guys got you all got drafted together. You all are coming up to the minor leagues together. You all friends together, which is really cool. My team was more free agent trade so it's like we knew each other on the big league level we didn't know each other on the growing up level so we got to know each other really quickly obviously that's why spring training is so important um but yeah you have to have that camaraderie if you don't you know you need that during the field you need that on the field you don't realize how being friends off of it can make everyone just that much better yeah, yeah. You, got, you got some guys on the team that you're pretty familiar with, including Colton Kowser going back to the minor leagues. How many of these guys did you play with down at the minor league level that now you've, you know, become acclimated at the major league level with? I mean, Kowser and Gunner, I spent the majority of my minor league time with. Um, Adley, a little bit of time here and there. Mounty, only when he was rehabbing. Um, and then I've been fortunate to be at two different spring trainings and be around guys like like Cedric, like Tony, um, Hayes, like, you know, and just feel like when I entered that clubhouse, there was a little bit of comfort knowing, okay, these guys know who I am. I know who they are. We've, we've chatted maybe here or there. Like it's not this complete awkwardness, um, this complete like disconnect feeling like, oh, I'm going to come in here and kind of mess up this clubhouse. Maybe it was, I felt like, um, they welcomed me with open arms, which was nice just because we had known each other beforehand, but yeah, like you said, coming up with, with Gunner and Kowser, 
um, is special. Gunner's a heck of a player, and he's, what, 21 years old, 22 years old. It's insane. Cows are uh, just a goofball. We kind of feed off each other, I think. We have kind of opposite personalities, but we work well together. I think we keep it light. Um, it's always fun playing with those guys. We've got more ahead with Orioles infielder Jordan Westberg here on the Adam Jones Podcast. But first, we want to tell you about a live podcast coming up next week at Baltimore Soundstage and hear from our loyal sponsors. The Adam Jones Podcast with Adam Jones and Jerry Coleman will be live, and you can be part of the audience and meet Adam for the first time since he played for the O's. It all goes down on Thursday, July 27th at 8 p.m. Doors open at 7, and tickets are limited, but now on sale. Go to BaltimoreSoundstage.com or Ticketmaster.com or call 410-244-0057 to be a part of the action. This will be the first time Adam and Jerry have done the podcast in the same spot, and who knows, maybe the last. So don't miss this unique night. The Adam Jones Podcast, live at Soundstage, July 27th. See you there. By our good friends at the Weinman Company. By Hollywood Casino Perryville. For some, it's a game of chance, but for you, it's a game of choice. Hollywood and Barstool are bringing you more ways to bet in Maryland. Catch all the action in person at Hollywood Casino Perryville at the Barstool Sportsbook or bet online with the Barstool Sportsbook app. When you download the Barstool Sportsbook app, register and wager, you can get up to $1,000 bonus cash, plus up to $1,000 when you sign up and wager in person at Hollywood Casino Perryville. Play from anywhere and get up to $2,000. The choice is yours. Must be in the state of Maryland to wager and over 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. By Jack Daniels, two legends, one can. Jack and Coke, the number one cocktail in the world, is now available in a can. Yes, that's true. Jack Daniels Tennessee Whiskey, mixed with Coca-Cola or Coca-Cola Zero Sugar, are now both available in a can. Two legends, one can. Jack and Coke, ready to drink? Please drink responsibly. Whiskey specialty, 7% alcohol by volume. Jack Daniels Tennessee Whiskey, Lynchburg, Tennessee. By G-Leaf, medical cannabis only. Visit gleaf.com. Medical cannabis is for qualified Maryland patients only. The Adam Jones Podcast is brought to you by Royal Farms. Download the Royal Farms app from the Apple App Store or Google Play today. New Royal Farms Rewards members will get a free any size cup of Royal Farms award-winning coffee just for signing up. Sure smells like Royal Farms fried chicken. Best fast food fried chicken in America. You ever try it? Hey, you hungry? Royal Farms World Famous Chicken. If you haven't tried it, you don't know what you're missing. And a reminder, if you guys are enjoying this podcast, make sure to check out the Baltimore Banner at thebaltimorebanner.com slash AJ to get started. Again, that's thebaltimorebanner.com slash AJ to get six months of unlimited digital access for only a dollar. We continue our conversation with Orioles infielder Jordan Westberg here on the Adam Jones Podcast. Obviously, you tore up the minor leagues, you tore up college. Big leagues are hard. Big leagues are way more difficult than any level. What do you think the toughest part of the big leagues have been so far? I think the boring and obvious answer is going to be the talent level. Obviously, it's a huge jump. But um, I would like to get your opinion on this, too. I don't, I, I'm sure this is – I'm not the only guy feeling this. But, yeah, like, the stress level, the intensity of these games, they're different. You know, you can play in extra inning games – and tough games all you want in the minors you can stress oh the minor leagues is about winning but it's different when you get up here like you wake up after some of these late games after these like 
grueling grinded out wins and your body feels like you got hit by a train whether it's like that extra adrenaline or like i said the stress of like man every pitch counts up here every every at bat matters like i think that's the biggest biggest jump for me is like hey you know my body's gonna feel more tired after one game than it did in the minors how am i gonna adjust in my preparation and and my my uh like my recovery Uh, it's different you know i don't know if you felt the same way if it took you a little bit of time, but I think it's it's like a, it's an adjustment period for me so far. Big time. I learned that you have to take care of yourself, but at the same time, you have to give yourself every single day to the major league team. Um, when you're in the minors, I said we saw this earlier. When you're in the minors, you play for 29 teams because anything can happen. I was traded. Um, when you're in the big leagues, you play for what's across your chest, and you got to give it your all. In the big leagues, they're, they're tough. They're the grueling, the mental aspect of it, the, it's a result-based. Everything's based on results. In the minors, it's all about, you know, development. There's no development in the big leagues. Coaches, people say, oh, the big league coaches. There's no coaches. They, that's the title of it. These guys are managers. They manage the situations. You're a major leaguer. You'll always be a major leaguer. So, first off, always say, wake up, like, I'm a major leaguer, no matter what. But then you also got to go out and do it. And every single day, people have had great stretches. People have been rookie of the years. You want that career, not just so I had a good blip. I got to the major leagues. I did this. Nah, it's a it's a grueling thing. And I tell them, you had a good year. Okay, do it again. And then you got to do it again and again and again. Because now, like Adley, Hayes, Bautista, Cano, they're all-stars now. Got to do it again. When Mullins made the all-star team a couple years ago, got to do it again. You got to do it again. That's the hardest, more, most mental part is yesterday was great. The same football. You don't have a whole week to talk about it. I had three for four yesterday, so I'm facing a new pitcher tonight. To be able to turn this page like this, if you can do this, that'll that's the easiest way to be a major league player. Turn the page. I had a bad game yesterday. I remember my at 08, I was four, 0 for 4, four strikeouts in Tampa. Our manager walked by me, Dave Trimley, he was like, hmm, still in it tomorrow. That boosted me. I was 22 years old, just struck out four times. Think, oh, man, I'm going sit me. Out there the next day. You know what I mean? Yeah. Turn that page. Like I had a bad game, had a bad at bat, swung at a bad pitch. So what? Grind. That's the major league, man. Yep. yep. And that sort of leads to my point is that, yeah, you've made the show. Now the next step is staying in the show. What do you feel like you need to do to accomplish that and avoid being sent back down? Yeah, right now I think it's uh, – for me, it's I'm, – I'm putting a little bit too much pressure on myself, I feel like, times. Um you know, I've got the sense of, you know, every time I'm in that box, like I got to make something happen. I got to do something good. Versus, and, you know, that's that's unrealistic. Um, a lot of times what would help is just being focused on, all right, like what can I do to help my team here? You know, I don't have to I don't have to hit have a base hit. I don't have to uh, maybe draw a walk all the time or, you know, like I just got to move the ball, maybe move a runner, um, sacrifice myself, uh, just move the ball, really put the ball in play. Um and uh, for me, it's just doing that on a more consistent basis, I think, is what's going to help me stay here. Um, I trust that my abilities are, are good enough to stick in this game. Um, but being a rookie, being fresh up here, um, being able to, to control and kind of silence the, uh, that inner anxiety or pressure, I think, is what's going to help me stick. I would say the biggest pressures are the ones you put on yourself. But – Again, you you it's you're hit it on the head. Also, is that you know you don't need to you don't need to do something every at bat. 
You don't, you know, moving the ball. I said the way the Orioles team is constructed is to they can manufacture a run, I think, better than most teams. You guys are athletic as all hell. All can run, can bunt, don't ground in double plays like us. We were sluggers who grounded a lot of double plays. You guys maintain your innings because you guys have the athleticism. Keep that. Put the ball in play. Put pressure on this defense because at the end of the day, defense is not as good in the major leagues as it was. If you put pressure on these defenses, they'll throw that ball right into the stands. Well, you can't throw into the stands because they got a net, but they'll, they'll throw it into the net and then you, you get the extra base. But the athleticism that you have, the Orioles right now, keep it. It's the most I've ever seen, and it's so fun to watch. But I want to ask you, as a, I was a quirky guy. I did a few weird things that I, at later in my career I realized that, damn, I did this like literally every day. What's your superstitions? Dude, I – I'm not a superstitious guy. I'll even go, I'll even go so far to say like if I have a bad game, um, let's say like hypothetically like I go for three three punch outs whatever like just the worst you can have four over four four punch outs whatever. Uh, I'll probably still use that those same pair of batting gloves the same bat because I want to prove to myself like hey it's not it's not that like it was an off day so what like today's a new day let's use this same stuff. And I don't know, for me, that's like, that's how my brain ticks. So I don't have a lot of superstitions. I mean, that could be quirky in the game of baseball, right? Because like you, I saw you shaking your head. Your majority guys are like, I'm throwing the pair of batting gloves out. Like, Ripping them, throwing them in the stands after two. Your skin on a bat, like completely fresh start. But yeah, I think that's probably, I mean, you can call it quirky. You can call it crazy, whatever. I'm going to. I'm going to just try to keep grinding out and try to, like, hope, man. I think this this bat still got some hits in it. Like, oh, we're, yeah. we're going to keep working, you know? I like that. This kid doesn't need to walk around with a rabbit's foot in his pocket. He's got natural <laughs> talent, Adam. Uh, Jordan, as far as uh, the arrival inside the clubhouse, uh, who's been, like, the biggest surprise as maybe a prankster inside that locker room and, and maybe another personality that came out of nowhere that's kind of shocked you a little bit? Uh all the vets we have are are pretty big, like, I would say, I don't know, pranksters, but they are they like to keep it light. Um, Did they get you? Uh, excuse me? Did they get you yet? Not not, not yet, no. Uh, McCann, Gibby kind of lead the way. Um, Fraze has a sneaky, like, dry sense of humor. Um, does I know it might not come off like it, but he's a, he can be a funny guy. Um, I, we got Gunner a couple of days ago. Uh, he he uh, had like a little meltdown, not a, like not a big one, but just kind of like slammed his helmet. And um, one of the umpires is like, "Hey, like you can get fine shot. Like let's be careful." And so uh, Grant, one of our analytics guys, uh, got with Manzo, third base coach, and they wrote up an official sounding letter um, as a fine made it like look official read official everything like from the mob office and put it in his locker and uh you know he gets it and he's just pissed off like are you kidding me like i'm getting fined for this and then after the game i think it was two days ago after we clinched the series mccann and gibby are like you know saying their post-game words and they're like and uh gunner like way to not overreact about this fake fine or whatever and gunner's face is just like like what? Like, are you kidding me? You know, like it, the entire clubhouse was in on it. Everybody knew about it except for Gunner. Uh, I think Hyde actually went up to the umpire who said something. It was like, "Hey, if Gunner apologizes, just like play along with it." Like, so 
Uh, right now, the clubhouse is pretty light. Helps that we're winning. It's it's fun. It's fun to be a part of. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, oh, that's well. Before I let you go, this is my last one. Is um, are you nervous about the rookie dress up? I know that there's rules that you can't do it, and all you get blah blah blah. We do it. Uh, we we've done it many years. Yeah, I mean, obviously we've lessened it. You know, we can't. And Michael Gibbs, we had him as Serena. Can't do that anymore. Uh, <laughs> gotta be more PC. Yeah, you gotta be more PC. I put my boy as Mugatu one time, so that has made people feel better. But are you nervous? Because you got some vets on your team who's been through it that's gonna have you dress up or something. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. McCann told me about his rookie dress up when we were in Minneapolis because that, that was the place where he had it. Um, and honestly, I didn't think too much of it until he mentioned it. And uh, yeah, that got me nervous a little bit, it got me sweating. <laughs> Uh, they're going to come up with something good, I think, for, for me and Kowser. So oh, yeah. um, I'm not going to try to think about it too much. But, yeah, I'm nervous for sure. How far back do you and Kowser go? So uh, I met him for the first time at the Team USA trials my after my sophomore season in college. He was a freshman at the time. I actually played him that year early in the year. We played in a tournament versus Sam Houston State and uh, Cole freezing game. He was playing third base, believe it or not. It wasn't an outfielder. He was playing third base. Um, but, yeah, we, we kind of talked a good amount at the Team USA trials. Uh, I didn't make the team. He did. So that was kind of the end of that. And then um, I just kind of followed along. Like, we followed each other on social media. Just um, followed from afar, kept in touch from afar. Uh, and then he got drafted. And I think I might have reached out to him and, and just said congratulations. I met him at the Instructs that following year. Uh, and then from there is kind of just like slowly getting more time during the season playing together. Um, I started in double A, finished in triple A. He got called up to triple A at the end of the year. So we had about a month together there. We got familiar, more familiar with each other, really got to know each other. And then this past year in spring training, um, our, our relationship kind of took off, like spent a lot more time together. Our lockers were close by, um, definitely in similar shoes, you know, kind of, trying to make the club, not really knowing if we had that opportunity, um, but knew like, you know, if not, we're going to be together in AAA. That's what happened. And then our lockers are right next to each other in AAA. Like I said, we're opposite personalities, kind of like a yin and yang. Um, it would just feed off each other. It was great. Uh, spent a lot of time with him down there off the field as well. And uh, couldn't, couldn't have been more happy the way it turned out uh, with us being kind of called up at the same time. And, and being up here together, it's just good to have a guy like that who, you know, has your back. I've got his back. Uh, we're kind of riding out the the whole bumpy starts or uncertainties, whatever you whatever comes with this with this opportunity. We're just kind of there for each other. It's been cool. Well, hopefully, many years to come in the major leagues. I do want to ask you in conclusion here, settle a debate because this concept is older than you. It's called the wave. It's still around in Major League Baseball. I'm sick and tired of it. How do you feel about it as someone who's, what, 24 years old? I mean, the wave, I said in previous podcasts, has to be over 30 years old, and we're still doing it. Uh, so there's a good one in Camden uh, the other night, uh, really good one. And, like, lasted, I want to say, like, two-thirds of an inning. Like, I think two outs went by before really? like, the wave finally died down. It was, no, it was, like, one of the more impressive things I've ever seen, like, in a ballpark. Uh, you get 40,000 people there. They're all bought in, like – we were winning at the time. So of course that makes it easier for fans to kind of get into the game. But yeah, like all the way around the stadium, like 
two or three different times. Yes, Jerry's boring. I'm a, I, when I come there in a couple of weeks to watch y'all play, I'm going to try and start the wave myself. It, when you see it going, it's a, it is a, it's beautiful to see. Yeah, when when they're like tight and they're paying attention, like yeah. at the exact time they're supposed to. It's Jerry would be down, and he'd be the angry man sitting there like this. It's like, I mean, I was doing like, it in the late '80s, Jordan. In the early '90s, it was a lot of fun. Still oh, so fun. You're saying you're too cool for it now, is what I'm hearing. I'm too old, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. You're too cool for it. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Jordan, appreciate you taking the time, you, especially man. on a game day. Best of luck to you the rest of the way. You got two fans of yours here in your corner here on the Adam Jones podcast and look forward to having you back on at some point in the future. Thanks so much. Yeah, thank you, guys. It was a blast. Thank you, brother. Westberg, flare left uh-huh. side. It gets down, and Jordan Westberg has his first major league hit. Adam, that was your first chance to speak with Jordan, along with mine. Uh, made quite the impression. Very, very subdued and very focused on what he has to do. But what was your reaction to what he had to say? I've, I mean, I've spoke with a, a bunch of the Orioles prospects. Now they're major leaders now. Um, they all have the same hunger. I, I, I love that. They all want to get to the major leagues. They all want to impact and the stay. team. They want to obviously stay, but they all want to impact the team and it's not selfishly how they want to impact. They oh, I need to hit third. I need to do this. I need they just whatever I can do, whatever I can do. If I if I'm playing short, second, third, left, right, I don't care what I'm playing. Whatever I can do to help this team, and they have so much versatility. So it, it's it's really really uh, it's it's amazing to hear these these kids are not selfish. They just want to play in the major leagues and do whatever they can to help that team win. That that's fun. And the unfortunate part is that some of them might be playing for other teams in the major leagues. And that's great, too. That's the best part about having a lot of prospects. Not everybody can play for your team. So uh, I'm, I'm going to be following all these guys, for not just when they're in Baltimore, but if some of them are uh, in other teams, because the, the hunger level is something that just can't be matched. And they are a joy to watch, no doubt about it. Yeah. Time now to move forward in the podcast, our For the Birds segment, talking about the upcoming schedule for the Orioles here in the second half of the season. They took care of the Marlins. The Dodgers were in town. But as we speak right now, Adam, Orioles taking on the Rays in Tampa. Then they got the Phillies and the Yankees coming to town. I believe you may be at one of those games. Surprise, surprise. But some very, very big series just ahead for an Orioles team that is right on the Rays' heels all of a sudden. I mean, you want to be a playoff team. These are the, This is the schedule you want. This is the schedule you're going to have to go through. This is the toughest time. Um, but it's the best. You're going to have the dog days of August, and you're going to have a tough schedule while you're doing it. That's why uh, playoff teams are playoff teams. You have to go through – you got to go through the big boys to get it. And, again, um, the Rays right now and the Orioles, neck and neck. Um, you talk with the Yankees, they always have a mystique. You never know when Judge is coming back. Without Judge, they're not as good. That's no. That clears day, they're not that good. But I anticipate they're going to be active and maybe the Rays too. For sure. But then you got the Phillies coming who were, you know, were uh, the National League champions last year. So this is the test because all those teams are going to get stronger. They're going to make moves themselves. So let's see what the Orioles do. Let's see. Let's see if they can, uh, let's see if they can, if they, if they are uh, who we think they are. Let's do this. Let's, let's go with the Dennis Greens and are the Orioles who we think they are this year? I say, yeah. I mean, no, they I agree. are not. They're not slowing down. They haven't. Whenever we think that, ah, this is not going, 
They pulled the game out, and then they go, you know what? They won eight at the, at point one point. They were on eight, eight game winning streak, like, and they're not just beating teams; they're hurting teams now. They're like they're running away with games, and it's it's fun to see. And a friend texted me who we talked for years. He was like, "I know you're. T- I no disrespect to the twelve through sixteen uh, era. This team might be better." And I'm like, "Bro, I, 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 I can't deny that." Well, I do have to ask you about the needs, and we have talked about frontline starting pitching since the beginning of the season. If there's one flaw, and it's a minor one with this yeah. team, that's where I think they would be looking the most. But the question is, what's the cost going to be? You don't want to rent a guy for yeah. a half a season and give away a prized prospect. And please, no more suggestions about Shohei Otani coming to Baltimore. There's a less than 0% chance of that occurring. Yeah, but, I mean, it's like, like you know, Sitting on the outside now, it's like, okay, the Orioles should do this and should do that. I'm going to switch it up and act like I'm the center fielder again. I trust my guys. I don't trust them. I don't know them. They're in another organization. I don't know them. I trust my guys. And I believe that Mullins, uh, Santander, Rushman, uh, the guys that have been there, I mean, they've been there, Hayes, I believe they're like, yeah, look, now nah, we don't need to go get somebody. I trust Dean. I trust Bradish. I trust Gibson. You know what I mean? Maybe we can add somebody, maybe. But I trust these guys. And then you get to the back of the bullpen, we all know what's going to happen. But, again, it's always – you have to understand that when September comes and you're playing playoff teams only, the playoffs come, the, everything slows down. It's like the NBA playoffs. Everything just slows down. That fast break stuff, that don't work all the time. You need to show, uh, you need to show a half-court offense. So there's going to be times where you need six out of the starter. And – that's you know so hopefully that's not a problem, but right now I'm, I'm I'm thinking of the line of like okay we could do something, but I'm trusting my guys right now because they're proven that they want the ball and why why give it to somebody else from a different organization with a different temperament and a different everything when I got a guy here who came up through the grapevine and is is hungry with this organization. Well, you know, when we get to our live podcast, July 27th, the trade deadline will just be a few days away at the Baltimore Soundstage. We're going to have a few surprise guests to talk all about the possibility of the Orioles pulling the trigger. Mike Elias already made a savvy move in acquiring Aaron Hicks for virtually nothing. Oh, what a great move. I mean, I know Hicks, was it was tough for him in uh, New York. It's not easy to play in New York. It's not, no matter who you are. I talk to CeCe all the time about it. Uh, New York is a tough place. And, hey, they still paying him. I told him to go to Live Golf. <laughs> Forget it. Go play Live. You're good enough. Um, but, no, he's got a, he's got a new uh, – he's got a breath of fresh air. Baltimore, I mean, he's the veteran. He's the old guy now, which is <laughs> him and Frazier, the old guy, and Gibson are just the old guys. And it's just a new leash on life and a new fresh start. And there's no pressure in Baltimore. No matter how they're winning, there's no pressure in Baltimore. The, the Yankees – and the and, uh, the Phillies, the Mets, they're taking in the Boston. They're taking all the national pressure away yep. from the Orioles. And Hicks is going there and just doing what he did in Minnesota and doing what he did when he first got to New York. But the second you struggle in New York, they'll never let you re, re you know let you down from it. And Baltimore, we'll pick you back up. I mean, we'll slam you again, but we'll pick you back up. New York, they just keep slamming you. They ain't no picking. They slam you, leg drop you. They ain't no picking back up there. But Baltimore, they'll pick you back up and. He's been great there, and uh, talking to him and talking to other guys, he's been better for people inside the clubhouse than just on the field. So he's, I'm, I'm glad he's there, a big help, a big brother to a lot of those young dudes who need to navigate themselves you know, through the big leagues. Including our guest, Jordan Westberg. It's been a pleasure to watch 
Aaron Hicks be a part of all this. All right, let's move ahead and venture beyond Baltimore like Adam has for the last 11 months, but he'll be in town soon enough. And this is our first podcast since you were out in Seattle at the All-Star Game and the Celebrity All-Star Game. Let's briefly hear about this trip out to Seattle where your professional baseball career at the major league level began and some of the things that you took in during that obviously festive time for the sport of baseball. Um, Seattle was was fantastic. They did a great job there. And, and Seattle needed it. If you know anything about Seattle in the last couple of years, they've taken a, a bomb to literally to the city and they needed it. It did it. They MLB did a great job of uh, cleaning out the areas, uh, but generating money for the city. Um, I remember going there and all the security guards, I remember all, they remember me um, walking around the city, people working, stores open. Uh, a lot of people from outside, different jerseys. Obviously, since it's All-Star Weekend, you see a lot of different jerseys, a lot of people flying in from all across the country, generating money for the Seattle economy. Um, the Fanatics party, that was unbelievable. Um, that you want one day you want to go to these parties. I know. Yeah, I do. Just the parties. I don't oh, care about the parties. Yeah, the parties are where it's at. The yeah. uh, uh, Players Alliance party. That's the number one party to get. That's the hardest invite. Um, but no, playing this uh, the softball game. Uh, I realized hitting the softball, it's a lot harder. I was one for four with a homer. Started rough. Started rough. I what two pop outs, and I got a text on my phone, and from I was wearing my Apple Watch, and my wife was like. Uh, but the kids uh, say stop swinging so hard. You're embarrassing us. And I'm just sitting there. I was mic'd up, and I'm just like in my in myself. I was just an embarrassment. And then I pitched the second inning, and I gave up like nine. And I'm like, they have to roll the inning for me. But to that, I said that people say, oh, you're not a good pitch. You know, you're getting lit up. I was auditioning for a hitting coach job, letting people know that I can give confidence to a frog. So you see some of the hitters that got hits off me. They they can't hit, but I was giving them confidence and just like if a team wants me as a hitting coach I'm, I'm, I'm all about confidence installing confidence in these guys so that's my line when my I think I had like a was it like a 999 ERA because when you roll an inning I mean it shows you didn't get the out dude but you don't a, want a hitting coach job you would have no to I mean I wanna, I would, if it was a main hitting coach job I'm not doing with like these teams have like seven hitting coaches and all these guys and somebody yeah but like, you would have to work actually every day yeah you know what I mean if I can work every day with that with the top of the line guys who wouldn't want to do that that's that's a, a, a no-brainer. Um, but, no, everything else was great. I got to go to the HBCU game, see the top African-Americans uh, balling and getting to play on a, a, such a beautiful field as, as Safeco is. It's one of the top fields in the league. You know, a lot of them kids only have one coach, don't have hidden coaches, pitching coaches, don't have enough balls. So for them to be able to have every resource at their hand extra for the weekend was phenomenal. The Futures game – Seeing Kerstad and Jackson Holiday, I got pictures with them. That was oh a God. great picture of Kerstad and Holiday. And hopefully, you mentioned to Heston that he hasn't been on the podcast, unlike Jackson Holiday. I did. And those guys are hungry, though. Talking to them, like, you guys ready to go? And they both, like, hell yeah. Like, there's, there's no like passiveness to them. I got to meet the new draft picks because I'm involved with the uh, commissioner's ambassador program. So I got, I got to meet the new draft picks. They're hungry. And we're telling them the truth in the suite with me, Cece Guthrie. Uh, Ibanez, Granderson, um, uh, I'm trying to think of other names. It's hard to think of other names. But just a bunch of old uh, ex-vets that are, you know, trying to pass the knowledge down to the next level and the next generation. So it's pretty cool to be on this side 
uh, of the fence, seeing these young guys go out there, flourish. And then obviously the home run derby, I didn't stay for the all-star game. I, had, I left to go to Vegas to go hang out with my family. I didn't want to deal with SeaTac on Wednesday morning. I'm a very smart guy. But uh, at the uh, home run derby, getting out there early, talking to uh, Rutschman, Bautista, Cano, and uh, Hayes. I told Hayes how proud I am of him because he came up in, in my era. And, uh, you know, just letting, just told him, breathe it in. Just breathe it all in. And uh, it was just, it was a fantastic weekend. Seattle did it great. Now let's get it to Baltimore because Baltimore can be better. It's a lot easier to get to, okay? It's a lot easier to get to. But, no, Seattle did a great job, and I think Baltimore can do a good job also. But uh, we got four All-Stars this year. That's something to really, really be proud of. It's not happened often. often. And the most important thing I take away from this is that the Angelos has sent their jet for the guys. And these are all young guys who are not paying for jets themselves. You know, when I was young, I was paying for it myself. I didn't care. I had the money. These guys aren't in that ballpark yet. They will be soon. But the Angelos paid for the jet to get them out there. And that's a far-ass flight. So I didn't I, realize that. That was a nice gesture by John. Very nice gesture. I know that plane. As expensive. As expensive flight. So well, salute to the Angelos for that. You mentioned, you know, working for the commissioner's office. It wouldn't hurt to lean into Rob Manfred's ear and say, Baltimore All-Star Game. Yeah, that's that's a little bit out of my pay range. That's uh, <laughs> that, that's 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 you, know, you got to talk to CC about that. I'm in the amb- ambassador's program, not the uh, I'm not the executive something. <laughs> to go. If I was an executive. Talk oh, to your peeps. Oh, yeah, but I'm going to try. I'm going to try. You know, Baltimore, they need the improvements. And I think that with uh, – you know, I know there's obviously the rumblings of uh, with, with Governor Moore and and the Angelos of, of striking a deal. That be they need the improvements, and I think if they get the improvements in the next couple of years, there's I, I mean 2026, 2027 is not out of the question because things happen quickly with the All Star Games and in, in you know in years. So 2026, 2027 with the improvements, I, I, I you know you got to be an optimist. All right, I'll just say this in conclusion and talking about the All-Star festivities. Didn't mind the players in the softball game being mic'd up, but the players in the Midsummer Classic being mic'd up again is complete nonsense. It's a big nothing burger. There's no insight. There's no inside information. All it is, is to me, is a distraction, especially if you were perhaps wagering on the game, and they do allow that. All right, let's conclude things with another edition of Socially Speaking. This is where we answer a tweet a post on Instagram or Facebook. You can find all three platforms at Adam Jones Pod, at Adam Jones Pod, and you instantly qualify for a Miss Shirley's gift card. This week's correspondence, AJ, comes from Emmanuel Waters, courtesy of the Gram, known as Instagram to us adults. His question, uh, his question was, Adam, what's your favorite stadium to play in as a player? Every stadium had its own uniqueness. You know what I mean? I always looked. I always went to a road city. Like, okay, I, I know what's cool here. Obviously, Camden was home. I mean, again, the third inning, boob smelling. I, that that that's you know that's iconic to me. But again, I, like we were just in Seattle, and I loved Seattle Center Field because it was just wide open. They had a back backdrop in their stadium. I can see the ball clear as day. Only day games was tough because the sun. But it was an easy center field to play because it's like they can't beat me. It's cold up here. If they hit it real far, it's over the fence. If not, I'm going to catch it. All right. We do want to thank our sponsors. And don't forget, coming up July 27th, we are live at the Baltimore Soundstage. One night only. We got a lot of free food. I may buy someone a drink or two, perhaps. And we're going to have some very, very special surprise guests. You may 
You you'll pour drink. somebody a drink. I got you'll some Jack and Coke over my shoulder for a guest. Don't Maybe worry. you'll pour somebody a drink or hand them a drink that someone else made. Maybe. Well, we got more details about that and a word from our dedicated sponsors. The Adam Jones Podcast with Adam Jones and Jerry Coleman will be live, and you can be part of the audience and meet Adam for the first time since he played for the O's. It all goes down on Thursday, July 27th at 8 p.m. Doors open at 7, and tickets are limited, but now on sale. Go to BaltimoreSoundstage.com or Ticketmaster.com or call 410-244-0057 to be a part of the action. This will be the first time Adam and Jerry have done the podcast in the same spot, and who knows, maybe the last. So don't miss this unique night. The Adam Jones Podcast, live at Soundstage, July 27th. See you there. By our good friends at the Weinman Company. By Hollywood Casino Perryville. For some, it's a game of chance, but for you, it's a game of choice. Hollywood and Barstool are bringing you more ways to bet in Maryland. Catch all the action in person at Hollywood Casino Perryville at the Barstool Sportsbook or bet online with the Barstool Sportsbook app. When you download the Barstool Sportsbook app, register and wager, you can get up to $1,000 bonus cash, plus up to $1,000 when you sign up and wager in person at Hollywood Casino Perryville. Play from anywhere and get up to $2,000. The choice is yours. Must be in the state of Maryland to wager and over 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. By Jack Daniels, two legends, one can. Jack and Coke, the number one cocktail in the world, is now available in a can. Yes, that's true. Jack Daniels Tennessee Whiskey, mixed with Coca-Cola or Coca-Cola Zero Sugar, are now both available in a can. Two legends, one can. Jack and Coke, ready to drink? Please drink responsibly. Whiskey specialty, 7% alcohol by volume. Jack Daniels Tennessee Whiskey, Lynchburg, Tennessee. By G-Leaf, medical cannabis only. Visit gleaf.com. Medical cannabis is for qualified Maryland patients only. The Adam Jones Podcast is brought to you by Royal Farms. Download the Royal Farms app from the Apple App Store or Google Play today. New Royal Farms Rewards members will get a free any size cup of Royal Farms award-winning coffee just for signing up. Sure smells like Royal Farms fried chicken. Best fast food fried chicken in America. You ever try it? Hey, you hungry? Royal Farms World Famous Chicken. If you haven't tried it, you don't know what you're missing. And a reminder, if you guys are enjoying this podcast, make sure to check out the Baltimore Banner at thebaltimorebanner.com slash AJ to get started. Again, that's thebaltimorebanner.com slash AJ to get six months of unlimited digital access for only a dollar. All right, we do want to give special thanks to our executive senior producer. He is trapped with Adam Jones today or vice versa. His name is Chip Franklin. They're going out to play golf afterwards. We're going to hear all about it for the next two weeks, but we won't make it part of the podcast, I promise. Until next time, be kind, be real, and we'll see you at our live show July 27th, our next podcast live at Baltimore Soundstage. Be there. 